welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. I'm your colleague in medicine and coach in life, Dr. Freaking Aaron Wiseman, and I am just so glad to have you with me today. I am talking with another physician colleague, Dr. Karina Moeller today. She is an MFM specialist and she is bringing the word authenticity. And I can't wait for her to share her story about how she has found her authentic self in medicine and in music. And don't forget to stick around for that kick of encouragement afterwards. All right, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Karina Moeller. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for inviting me. I'm, I'm very honored. And so why don't you tell everybody else out in podcasting world who you are and what you're doing in the world? Sure. My name is Karina Muller. I am an osteopathic physician. I graduated from medical school back in 2003. Uh, my medical school course took me through um, an internship where I had to decide um, to change my residency. I started off in a psychiatric family medicine dual program at the University of Minnesota and then decided that I needed to change to OBGYN, which was my first love, but I kind of pushed it away because of um, liability and work hour type uh, requirements. And, you know, being single at the time, I thought I wanted to start a family and, you know, I eventually did, but I kind of pushed OBGYN away and didn't apply. And I knew that that's where my real love lied. I didn't know that about you. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love yes. it. Well, tell us more. Yeah. Then. then you did OB-GYN. Yes. So I um, completed an osteopathic residency in obstetrics and gynecology at Memorial Hospital in York, Pennsylvania. And then I went on to do a fellowship in maternal fetal medicine at Geisinger Medical Center in Danville, Pennsylvania. And so that took me three years. Um, so a total of all my training with that year that I did at the University of Minnesota, the four years of residency and the three years of fellowship, I graduated in 2011 and then did some work for hospitals and in teaching programs, went back to Geisinger to teach there in the fellowship. And eventually decided that my family and I needed family support and moved back to my home state of Alaska, where I was born and raised. And I started my own private practice called Aurora Maternal Fetal Medicine. Did that in 2018 in the summer. And going through all of that, kind of detaching from academic and hospital-employed practice is something that I feel made me a stronger person. And also with the business of medicine, it's always hard as a physician to think that you can do something like this, start a solo private practice, but it's totally doable as physicians. We've learned so much, studied so many things, become the master to so many things um, in our certain subspecialties that I just kind of want to be out there, you know, encouraging people to say, hey, you can do this. You can be your own boss. You can start your own practice. 
you can do these things. And, you know, just to kind of give people that confidence that this is something that they can do. They, they've done hard things before as physicians, and this is something that is totally doable. It's not exactly easy, <laughs> but um, it's really a joy to see something that you've put so much thought into and planning into come to fruition and, you know, to have my own practice. Um, this is you know, just an excellent thing that has really enriched my life. And I believe the, the lives of the patients that um, I help every day. That's right. All your Alaskan babies that you take care of. Yes. <laughs> That's one of my favorite mantras is you can do hard things. I think I've even yeah. told you that before. I'm like, you can yes. do hard things. And I'm just so glad that you're out preaching that message and telling other people about it as well. And we connected over the coaching connection. I mean, we're also DO women. So I always say yes. DO women unite. But yeah. the, the coaching, when did coaching come into your life? So I've always struggled um, with health and weight throughout my life. And I started a program for physicians only um, through Katrina Ubel. She's an MD. Um, and I did do um, the weight loss for doctors only program um, through her. And I really felt like coaching in general, I, I have my own um, life coach as well, um, has really helped me to do a lot of inner thought work regarding food, weight loss, how I respond to stress, the ways that I interact with people and the thoughts that I have surrounding that, um, self-confidence, knowing that I don't always have to rely on willpower and things like that, that I can think through different situations. And so, you know, strangely enough, it started off as, you know, something to help me with my health and weight but it also became kind of a life changer <laughs> just in general, listening to the other women in the group, you know, talk and say, Hey, you know, these are the things that we deal with as women in medicine. And, you know, every person in these group coaching calls had something that was very similar to what I was going through. And it just really helped me in general. And then I became, um, well, I started a program with the Physician Coaching Institute um, to become a physician development advisor and coach. And I'm currently in that program it's in Seattle with um, Dr. Francine Galore. And she um, founded the Physician Coaching Institute. And, you know, currently we're in a cohort um, that will be graduating in April of 2020. And it's just great to be able to um, do a lot of buddy coaching and things like that with other physicians and other physician coaches in that environment to really, you know, dig down deep and see what it is as physicians that we deal with daily and how to address those things and how to be of service to other physicians who need someone to talk to, you know, someone to maybe just, you know, bounce ideas off of or a way to form an alliance to get that physician to their personal goals that they have defined themselves. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, I love it. Well, let's get into your word today. It's authenticity. Sure. Tell me why you sure. picked that. So if you look up the Webster dictionary definition of authenticity, 
the one that I really resonate with is that you're true to your own personality, spirit, or character. And I think that there's been many times in medicine where I thought, you know what, I need to go along with the tradition of medicine. I need to do everything by the book. I need to go through residency, graduate, take my boards on time. I need to go find a job right away, hospital employed. I need to hold off on having children. I need to do all of these things the way that medicine has always defined it and not think outside of the box. You know, I have been really struggling with this uh, recently because, you know, I started my own practice. I have a, a practice loan that I have to pay off over the course of 10 years. Um, I love seeing patients. I love having time to do that and to really get to know them, you know, on, on my own time frame because, you know, I am the practice owner. But, you know, just knowing that also that coaching aspect of my life really pulls at my heartstrings. It, it really is something that I want to be of service to other physicians who have somehow been through some struggles or some challenges or transitions in medicine, or even, you know, women who want to go into medicine to kind of talk with them about that, um, to find out what goals are and how they can achieve them by, you know, really looking at those goals and seeing how it's possible for them just, you know, um, by being a coach and being of service to them. So these are the things that I am really trying to focus on now, you know, other than my private practice, but also um, coaching. And in medicine, it may be seen as uh, taboo or you know, not fulfilling your full potential as a physician um, to somehow steer away from clinical medicine um, and to do something else in medicine, but also knowing that that is a possibility that you can do with the education that you have. And you know, by being a coach, I feel like all the experiences that I've had as a female in medicine, you know, going through residency, fellowship, getting married, having kids, you know, some people don't get married and have kids. Um, you know, the challenges of um, teaching, um, challenges of uh, physician-patient interactions or physician-to-physician -physician interactions, you know, sometimes that can be a challenge um, in medicine in general. So, you know, I, I think from the things that I've learned, especially um, having to deal with a physical disability um, at one point in my career that really brought everything that I wanted to do into my focus, um, having to take a physical break from uh, my practice um, about two years ago, that really drove me to say, you know what, I am going to be authentic in what it is that I want to do with my life. And it doesn't need to be a script um, that we always tend to see yeah. in medicine. Absolutely. I loved your story. I did not know about the fall until I read it about it on LinkedIn and that, I mean, you literally had to learn how to walk again. It's an incredible story. I'll have to put a link in the show notes to that so everybody can go read it. Sure. But I mean, not only did you get, it dropped you on your ass. 
quite, quite literally. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and coming back from that. It's amazing when we kind of have those moments to just shake us up so that we can get that clear vision of what's going on. Because I don't know about you, but the times that I have felt least authentic is when I've been totally covered up by all of those scripts, by all of those layers of what we should be and supposed to do and the, a physician must be. Mm -hmm. um, I almost feel like it's peeling all of those back and like revealing that, that inner like, no, this is who I am. Sure. In what ways would you say that you are authentically yourself? Well, I think when I, when it comes to transition in life, um, I kind of look back at a few different times in my life where I had to make a decision or I felt like I had to make a decision between one path or the other. I'm just going to give an example of medical school versus music. I, I do have a bachelor's of um, music and I play the flute. I, I still continue to do that too. I had just finished my BA in music and my BS in biological sciences. And I had to make the decision of if I was going to stay and pursue a master's in music in a year, or if I was going to go to medical school. Well, I was an alternate for medical school. <laughs> <laughs> and I found out three days before orientation started that I had been accepted and moving from Alaska to Pennsylvania that that was a pretty big deal back then but I I brought it was funny because I had three days I brought three bags and I started medical school I got that phone call it was about 6 a.m in Alaska because there's a big time change you know between the east coast and uh, Alaska and uh, when they called, I just knew it was the call. <laughs> I knew it was the call. And so looking at that, you know, I was like, wow, I have to make this decision between two things that I love, two things that I think I'd be wonderful at, you know, two things that, you know, your life could be totally different if you go down that path of medicine or music. And I said, you know what, why don't I do both? I did it in undergrad. I'm going to do both and I'm going to take that challenge. And so it's not something that, you know, I typically see a lot of people doing, trying to balance two separate, you know, different things, but um, it is something that I think that people need to be open to. They need to say, well, you know, there's this path and, you know, two paths diverged <laughs> and you had to pick one, but really you don't. You know, you can always come back to it. Um, I think my involvement in music waxes and wanes, um, you know, depending on how busy my clinical life is with medicine, but, you know, being authentic to myself and saying, you know what, I, I love it all. I'm, I'm going to do it all. And, you know, when I have time to do more of music, I'll do it. And I will dedicate myself to that. And when I have time, you know, for clinical um, you know, pursuits, like, you know, starting my own practice, you know, I focused on that. So I think letting people know that, you know, just because you're a physician doesn't mean that you have to continually go in one direction. There's lots of other things, um, especially um, extracurricular type things like, you know, music, art, humanities, things like that. And, you know, I think to encourage people to do that is something that I would love to do. Well, I think it's really cool now too. You can even let your medical practice wax and wane to some extent. 
you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like how deep you're into it versus not with the locums and, you know, different, different avenues that you can take that I'd really encourage people to think about that as well. You know, it doesn't have to just be our humanity side, but actually the professional side is becoming more common now to take sabbaticals, to try different career, to step back and then maybe step in deeper, you know, to, and to sure. see that ebb and flow, I think is so very important because I know I didn't have any awareness of it when I was training, when I first got out, it was just like pedal to the metal and keep it going and then try to do all the other stuff around it where it really in actuality, but as such, what life is, is ebb and flow. It's seasons, you know, and I love that you've kept that going. Mention to us a little, you mentioned your flute, but tell a little bit more about your musical side because I think it's important to you as a whole person. Sure, sure. So I was studying very, very hard for my maternal fetal medicine boards and I passed those in 2013. And I told my husband, when I pass these boards, I am going to buy myself a new flute. <laughs> and it had been quite a few years um, since I had practiced and, you know, actually worked on music to perform and things like that. And it's something that I really felt was an escape from medicine, but also just like a form of meditation and relaxation. Just really something that I did, you know, growing up as well was just, you know, play my flute uh, when I needed to escape from something or, you know, express myself um, authentically and musically and artistically. So um, I did end up buying, um, a flute that I really love and I tell me have. it has like crystals and diamonds on it is it like real fancy or just <laughs> kind <it>. of fancy <laughs> I wish so my dream flute is a uh, um a 14 karat gold uh flute but um, nice. I'm not gonna do that uh, you don't need to do that um but I do have a silver muramatsu Japanese flute um and I do play it um very frequently um when I was in Pennsylvania I was in a symphony and I also um, took a trip to Tuscany, to Italy, um, to Sartiano, um, where I made my Italian debut um, with Summer Music in Tuscany um, program. And we played in a, an awesome um, older, it was like a concert hall that was built in the 1600s. And it was just like a beautiful thing. You know, we would practice and the Tuscan air would come flowing through the top tier of this huge, you know, facility and all the hustle and bustle of the village down below was going on. And I was just playing my flute and it was just so awesome. What a magical experience. That's awesome. <laughs> and it was like, you know what? I could be a doctor and I can do this with my flute. And I also um, took a chance and I, auditioned for the National Flute Association Professional Flute Choir, um, and I did get into that flute choir. 25 people were chosen um, out of all the auditions in the nation, and so I had a chance to play in that flute choir, and the really awesome thing about it was that my flute teacher from college was also in the flute choir, and she gets in like every year. She's like so kick-ass awesome. At, at playing and I was like wow I'm at this you know pinnacle of, of my flute career if you will um by being able to play in this awesome um 
you know, collaboration of Buddhists who were, a lot of them were um, professors at universities and things like that. So I, I felt very accomplished um, in that aspect. So currently I play with um, the fireweed flutes and it's a quartet um, here in Alaska. And um, it's pretty cool because we have a concert coming up and um, I invited one of my friends who's um, a radiologist in town. We used to play in the youth symphony together, the flute, but she also plays the piano and she's gonna accompany us on some things. And so it's just like, you know, um, another person where, you know, medicine and, and music intersect and, you know, using our right brains. Absolutely. To, um, well, if there's <laughs> any other flutists out there, who want to connect with you or there's people who are like, hmm, maybe I need to talk to Karina. What's going to be the best place for them to come find you? Probably on LinkedIn. Um, I do have um, an Instagram account um, and also um, a website um, for my coaching um, business. Um, the business that I have, I named it Lady Docs lady dox no space.com because i'm a do and i think that uh if we took a look there at ladydocs.com or at the instagram ladydocs underscore ak for alaska those are places um where you could um find me but also lady docs on facebook awesome i love it and tell them one more thing because I think it's pretty awesome about this Alaskan retreat that you're doing in August. Very, very cool. Yes. So in looking at um, physician resilience, looking at women in medicine, um, looking at, you know, kind of the epidemic of physician suicide, um, burnout, you know, all of these things and just creative ways to you know, release from medicine. Um, I've decided to start the first annual Lady Docs retreat for women in medicine. And it will be located at the Orca Island Cabins, which is about an hour boat ride away from Seward, Alaska. And Seward, Alaska is probably about two and a half hours from Anchorage um, by vehicle if you drive. Um, it's a beautiful island with eight yurts on it. Um, one also has an area for, um, it's like an art studio in a gathering place. And we would like to have a retreat there August 28th through the 30th, um, which is Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, you'll be able to deconnect, disconnect from everything. <laughs> There's not gonna be any internet out there. Digital detox. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And isn't that what we all need? Just some time. Oh, hell yes. It sounds like you've got so many great activities, plans from just unplugging to learning a deeper dive into um, plant-based nutrition, getting to explore wild Alaska and all that it gets to bring. And just the community aspect of female physicians getting together, I think is super powerful. So anybody who's interested in that, I'll definitely have a link in the show notes as well. Um, for the retreat sure. August 28th through 30th. Well, Karina, it is so great to talk to you again here on the podcast. 
I just so appreciate you as friend and colleague. Thank you so much for coming and sharing about your authentic self and what that is to you. And I hope that it inspires others to reveal a little peep into who they authentically are to you. Thank you, Erin. It's been a privilege to be here. Right, you ready for your kick of encouragement? Let's go more into authenticity and specifically looking at the word authentic. So I too jumped on Webster online and using Dr. Karina Moeller's definition, which I love, let me say it again, true to one's own personality, spirit, or character, not false or an imitation. Just think about that a little bit. If we were to define and live our lives to be true to our own personality, spirit, and character, gosh, wouldn't that feel so much more aligned and better? And I think it's important to look first at if we're living authentically in our own lives, then how are we defining our identity? Because our identity is a reflection of our authentic self, like who we are deep down inside. So I ask you, which one of these phrases do you say? Do you say, I am a doctor? Or do you say, I work as a doctor? You know, the two small words of I am mean so much more than their surface appearance. Most people, when using the words I am, are actually telling you their self-identity by stating, this is who I am at my core. This can be a very positive and extremely powerful tool. And I'm not saying that it's wrong to identify yourself as a physician. Absolutely not. I just want you to have some awareness of what exactly are you saying when you say, I am. Are you saying, I am a doctor? And that means I'm attempting to be perfect and to do everything and be the superhero that I'm supposed to be? Or are you saying, I am a doctor, meaning... Whenever I'm doing my most powerful work, I'm helping people in a special way that only I can do it. So just dig into that a little bit. Because if you are using the phrase I am and following it with your identity, and that identity is not you, and you're not aligned with that, you're going to land in a world full of hurt, or you're going to stay in a world full of hurt. I put myself and let others put me in a box of physician of doctor. And I felt locked in and trapped in a fraud because I couldn't live up to the expectations of what I thought I am a doctor was supposed to mean. You know, those beliefs just constructed my whole sense of self. And so when I was burned out deeply into my core and I didn't want to be a doctor anymore, I didn't want to be that version. But when taking out that phrase, Oh my gosh, it was like ripping out my small intestine along with my heart. Like I didn't know what to be at that point because there was like a huge vacuum because I had built so much around that. But what really became enlightening to me is that I could change the meaning of that I am a doctor in my own mind. 
And when I changed it, what those thoughts were, what those expectations were connected to it, what those beliefs were to one that was totally aligned with me, I can use that phrase now and it doesn't feel like a 20 pound weight sitting on my shoulders. Instead, it feels like bouncing on a trampoline and exciting and fun and playful. So what I want you to do with this kick of encouragement is take some time and explore your identity. What makes you, you? And it's really simple. Get out a piece of paper, write on the top, I am. It's literally three letters. Write on the top and then using descriptive words first. I want you to list, I am. So like for instance, I am honest. I am caring. I am empathetic. I am a truth seeker. I am a rebel. I am a nurturer. I am sassy. You try it now. What are the descriptive words that you are? And after you get 20, that's right, you have to do 20. Then I will let you start using nouns. Then you can say, after reading through that list, putting the nouns. I am Aaron. I am mother. I am wife. I am physician. I am a badass physician. Whatever you want to put in there. And again, try to put another 20 in there. And it's a pretty significant list when you get it done. And I want you to reread your list. And then I want you to read your list to somebody super special in your life. And then I want you to take that list and tape it up somewhere that you see something every single day. If it's your bathroom mirror, if it's in your car, I hope you're not in your office every single day. But if you are, tape it up in your office. And I want you to ask yourself the question every time you read through the list and see it, is this the identity I desire? Is this it? Because the great thing is, not only are we all trying to like find out what our authentic self is and who we are deep down inside, but that keeps shifting and molding. So we keep asking that question as we keep pivoting and moving along. Because guess what? You're not stuck. Just like the body just doesn't stay at like a you know certain pH level. It has that flux for homeostasis. That's the same thing with our identity. It's always fluxing and moving. So there's your challenge for the day with your kick of encouragement. Get that piece of paper, write I am, and hit it. I would absolutely love if you would share your I am's with me. Promise they're not going to go anywhere from just in my inbox and then into my brain to make me smile. But I would love, love, love to hear from you and how this exercise went. So you can either reach me on Instagram, send me a direct message, you can email me. Or even better, we can get on a call together and you can tell me face to face, which I would super love. 2020, my goal is that I meet every single person who listens to this podcast. It's a totally crazy goal, but I'm going for it. So if you're a listener and we have not talked either directly or indirectly, I challenge you, help me do this goal. Help me talk to every single listener of Dr. Me First. Okay. And remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters.
to ignore. 